pray. God, we come before you this morning. We come before you seeking a blessing from you. This important subject, we pray that the Holy Spirit will be here as we study it. Bless us, Lord, open the hearts of the hearers, open their minds to the truth of what the Bible has to say on this. And Jesus, I pray that you will touch my voice, you will touch my mind, so that you are honoured and you are glorified through this study this morning, through this teaching we pray, in the name of Jesus, Amen. Who is Jesus? That is perhaps the most important question that a person during their entire life can ever ask. Who is Jesus? Who is this extraordinary person who has changed history, who has come into history and had such a dramatic effect upon it? Who is Jesus? Who is this Jesus that kings and emperors have fought wars in his name over? Always wrongly, of course. But who is this Jesus that wars have been fought over? Who is this Jesus who men and women have founded in his name hundreds, perhaps thousands of religions? Who is this Jesus that millions and millions of martyrs, people have died, given their blood for, rather than give up their discipleship, their following of this extraordinary person? Who is this Jesus that can come down into a person's life and bring it to a full stop, turn it around and have that person travel in entirely the opposite direction. This Jesus who changes lives so dramatically, so dramatically that people don't even recognise the person when they meet them again after they've been in contact with Jesus. Who is Jesus? You know, you can go from one end of the world to the other today, to every single country, to every single nation, to every single culture, to every single group of people, and you will find followers of Jesus Christ. They are everywhere. No man, no person has had more impact, has changed history more than this extraordinary person called Jesus Christ. And so this morning, for just a short time, we want to talk about, we want to study what the Bible has to say about Jesus. Who is he? What does the Bible say? I want to start by asking you to open your Bibles and look at John chapter 21, verse 25. John is a disciple of Jesus and he's just written an entire book on him and I'm interested in his conclusions because I think his conclusions impact us today. Verse 25 says, and this is what John says at the conclusion of his book on the life of Jesus. He said, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. And so today, we're only going to spend a short time looking at who Jesus is. We can only scratch the surface of who this extraordinary person is, but scratch the surface we will, and I hope it creates in you a hunger to know more about this extraordinary man, this extraordinary God. So let's begin our Bible study by going to John, John chapter 17, John chapter 17 verse 5. And we're going to ask the first question. It's a question that my two little daughters always ask people when they meet them. And it can be a little bit embarrassing because they'll look up, up at them and they'll say, how old are you? 
My little one especially is constantly coming to me. Often I'm working in my study on sermons or Bible studies and she will come to me and she'll say, Daddy, how old are you? And I always turn to her and say, well, I'm 43. You're 43? Oh, off she goes and she, she'll wander away for a little while and then another hour or two later she'll come back into my study. Daddy, how old are you? And I'll look at her again and I'll say, well, I'm 43. One day she'll get it. I'm 43. John chapter 17 verse 5 gives us a glimpse into the age of Jesus Christ. Jesus is praying a prayer here. He's on earth. He's working on earth for God the Father and he prays a prayer and it's an interesting prayer and he says this in his prayer, and now Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory, look at this, look at this, now Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Jesus has been around longer than this world has been in existence. I think the Bible clearly tells us that the world is somewhere around 6,000 years of age. I believe in a young earth because the Bible teaches a young earth. But if you were to take the Bible seriously with what Jesus says here, his claim, Jesus has been around for more than 6,000 years. In other words, Jesus is ancient. He was here before this world existed. But that still doesn't answer the question really on how old Jesus Christ is. And to do that you have to go back to the Old Testament. Micah, Micah chapter 5 verse 2. And in this verse the Bible tells us the age of Jesus Christ. And it's important we know the age of Jesus Christ because it gives us a glimpse of who he is. Micah chapter 5 verse 2, the Bible says, But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you, this is a prophecy about Jesus Christ. The Bible says, out of you, Bethlehem. When it says Bethlehem Ephratah, it's like saying, And you, Warunga, Sydney. You, Bethlehem Ephratah, tiny little village. Out of you will come a ruler over Israel. This is a direct prophecy of Jesus Christ. Out of you will come a ruler of Israel whose origins are from of old or from, go back to the ancient Hebrew here, or from everlasting or if you like from days of eternity. Jesus The Bible clearly teaches that Jesus has no beginning and that hurts the head. Why does it hurt the head? Well, I can imagine living into eternity, but I cannot imagine having lived for eternity. I can't imagine it. I can't grasp it. A million years ago, Jesus was alive. A million, 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 trillion years ago, Jesus was was here. He was alive. And why does that hurt the head? Because there's nothing in my experience, there's nothing in the world that I live in that does not have a beginning somewhere. Think about it. These pews, they have a beginning. This church, it has a beginning. Our cameramen, they have a beginning. I have a beginning, 14th of September, 1963. The house I live in has a beginning. 
The city that I dwell in has a beginning. Everything on this earth has a beginning except Jesus Christ. He has no beginning. Well, who is he? Who is this person that's had such an impact on our, on our culture, on our society, on our history, on our world? Who is he? Well, well, the Bible tells us that too. If you turn with me in your Bibles to John, John chapter 1, verse 1 through to 3. John chapter 1, verse 1 through to 3. It says, in the beginning, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. Now who is the Word? Well the Bible tells us in verse 14, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. The Word became flesh. The Word became human and came and lived on our planet. The Word is Jesus Christ. Now we know He has no beginning, but who is He or who does He claim to be? Well, let's, let's, let's replace in this text the word, word, with Jesus, because we've seen verse 14 clearly tells us that Jesus is the word. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. Through Jesus all things were made. Without Jesus nothing was made that has been made. Jesus, the Bible says, is God. There are three who can call themselves God. God the Father, God the Son, that's Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. Three personal beings, one God. Yes, it can be a bit confusing, but God is beyond our imaginations. And Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus is God. Let me show you a couple of other texts that reinforce this concept because even amongst Christianity there are those who argue this point. There are those who will tell you that Jesus is not God. I want to tell you that if you are going to follow the Bible, if you are going to listen to the Bible, you have no choice but to acknowledge that Jesus is God. Listen to what the Bible says. Let's go back to the Old Testament for a second. Isaiah, here's a prophecy of Jesus. One of the great prophecies in the Bible. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9. And verse 6, Isaiah, a prophet, hundreds of years before Jesus came to earth, was given a vision. And in this vision he saw Jesus and he was convicted to say this, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, For unto us a child is born. You often hear this text around Christmas. To us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders. And look what Isaiah says about Jesus. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Bible clearly says here that Jesus, again, is the Mighty God. Jesus is God. Now if you still question this, I want to show you a a very short story in the Bible. John chapter 20. Jesus... Jesus had been crucified, and it's a sad story, and yet a wonderful story about how Jesus died to save the human race. He was resurrected. Oh, what a wonderful truth. We serve a risen God. Jesus was resurrected. But on his resurrection, there were some of his disciples that really struggled with the concept that Jesus could have arisen from the dead. And one of those disciples was a man by the name of Thomas. Have you ever heard the term doubting Thomas? Well, Thomas was a doubting Thomas. And the other disciples who had seen Jesus were saying, Thomas, he's arisen. Oh, he can't be. 
Mary, Jesus' friend, was saying, Thomas, I'm telling you, Jesus is alive. No, I don't believe it. The two on the way, on the road who met Jesus, they said, hey, we talked to him, we saw him, he is arisen. No, it can't be. And so finally, and it's a wonderful story in John chapter 20, and if you get the time, read it. Finally, Jesus appears to Thomas. And Jesus said, Thomas, feel the nail scars in my hands. Look at my feet. Look at the scar on my side where the spear was thrust into me. And I'm interested in Thomas. Here's a man who spent three years with Jesus. He's a disciple of Jesus. He spent every waking moment of three years. He slept on the ground next to Jesus. He's a follower of Jesus, closer to him than just about anybody had ever been in the history of the world. And look what Thomas does when he realises that it is Jesus risen from the dead. John chapter 20 verse 28, Thomas said to Jesus, he's just been shown the scars in his hands and his feet and his side, he falls to his knees and Thomas said to Jesus, my Lord and my God, Jesus is God. If you're going to listen to the Bible, if you're going to read the Bible, if you're going to take notice about what the Bible teaches, there is no options here. If you're going to call yourself a Christian, then you've got to accept that Jesus is God and it's an eternal question. Because if you can't accept who Jesus is, then how can you have Jesus for your saviour? It was God who came down to the earth in human form. It was God who came down here to save us. It gives you a sense of the immensity of what was going on. Hebrews Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8. If you're still struggling with this concept that Jesus is God, then perhaps you need to look at what God the Father, God the Father himself has to say about Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8, God the Father is speaking here directly in the Bible. You don't see that much in the Bible, where God the Father actually directly speaks and it's written down verbatim what he says. But here you have an instance of it. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8. But about the Son, God says, this is God the Father, and now this is what he says about the Son. Your throne... Your throne, and he calls Jesus, look at it, he says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. God the Father says that Jesus is God. In fact, I just want to show you one other very short story here. You go back to John. John chapter 10, and Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, a group of people who hated him. John, John chapter 10, verse 30. And Jesus makes this claim. He says to the Pharisees, I and the Father are one. The Pharisees were listening to him. And when they heard Jesus make that claim, they went, <gasps> You are one? You can't be one with the Father. The Father is God. Jesus, you are claiming to be God. And verse 31 says, When the Jews heard this, they picked up stones to stone him. And in verse 33, the Jews say this, we are not stoning you for anything other than for blasphemy because you, a mere man, claim to be God. The Jews, the Pharisees, they understood the claim that Jesus was making here. Jesus was claiming to be God because he is God. They couldn't accept it and they tried to stone him. 
Well, let me just share with you in the short time we have left a couple of other things about Jesus. Go to the very first, first book in the Bible, Genesis, to the very first verse. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now let me show you something that a lot of people don't know. Turn with me to Colossians. And I know we're racing from one end of the Bible to the other this morning, but it's important. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. This is talking about Jesus. For by him, or if you like, for by Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Jesus for Jesus. Jesus was before all things and in Jesus all things hold together. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You can go to the New Testament, Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. The Bible says, Jesus was the one of the Godhead who actually brought the world into existence. And the Bible says that not only did Jesus, look at the text carefully, verse 17, not only did Jesus create the world, not only did Jesus create you, yes, he created you, every single one of you. It was Jesus who shaped your nose, shaped your ears. It was Jesus who made your face as it is. It was Jesus who gave you your body shape. Praise God. It was Jesus who made you. The Bible says not only did Jesus make you, not only did Jesus make the world, praise God, I'm not descended from apes. Some may say I look a little like one at times, or behave like one, but I'm not descended from apes. I am made by the hand of Jesus Christ, and so are you. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to accept it. It's fact. Just as the Honda company made my little Honda Civic, so Jesus Christ made you. You did not just appear, you did not evolve, you were made by Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, verse 17, not only did Jesus make you, but it is Jesus that holds the world together. What does that mean? It's Jesus who ensures the seasons go as they do. It's Jesus that governs the tide. It's Jesus that put the world the right distance from the sun. These all belong, all this belongs to Jesus. He is the author. He is the one who made you. Yes, he did. That's fact. He made you, he made this world and he holds it together. Two more quick things. Our time is running out. Matthew chapter 1. And verse 18, because Jesus did something very special. Not only is he eternal, not only is he the great creator, not only is he the God to be worshipped, but Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 tells us something special about Jesus. Remember, and this is not a sermon on the Trinity, but remember there are three who call themselves God. Three persons, one God. Sometimes the closest analogy I can get to it is marriage. Two persons, one family. That's a concept that we understand. It's still not entirely correct when you're looking at the three persons who make up the one God. But it's as close as I can give you today. But the Bible says in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 that Jesus, this person of the Godhead, look what he did. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus chose to come to planet Earth. He chose to become a human being. His mother was Mary. His father was the Holy Spirit, was the third person of the Godhead. Jesus' father was God. His mother was Mary. I have a brother. He's married to a Tongan girl. His kids are beautiful, three little boys. Half Australian, half Tongan. Beautiful, dusky skin. And I look at them and I see half Australian, half Tongan. I look at Jesus Christ. His father's God, his mother's Mary. Do I see half God? Do I see half human? No! The Bible tells us that Jesus is fully human and he's fully God. It's a mystery. But Jesus came down to earth. He is a human being now. Is he still God? You better believe it. If Jesus walked into the room, I'd fall flat in my face and worship. But the Bible tells us that, that, that Jesus came down to earth and he became a human being. Why? Verse 21. She will give birth, this is Mary, to a son. And you have to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus came to earth to save the world from its sins. What does this mean? Well, you better watch this program next week because we're going to look at that question. How did Jesus save his people, you, from their sins? But it was an awesome thing that Jesus Christ did. He made you. He is God. He is eternal. He is to be worshipped. He became a human being. He made you. And he's coming back to save you. An extraordinary person, an extraordinary God, is this Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for being with us today. Convict our hearts of the truth of this message, of this teaching, and save us, we pray. In your name, amen.